0: Welcome to Max Politics. This is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette, a publication of Citizen Union Foundation. Thanks very much for tuning in here for this episode of the show. We're bringing you extra podcast episodes here because we are in the final days of the 2022 election. So, what else is there to talk about? We are focusing in, of course, on the elections here in New York, the statewide races, the races for the U.S. House of Representatives, and the races for the state legislature. Plus, don't forget. Around the state, there's one ballot question on the back of your ballot in New York City. There's three others for a total of four. We have lots of information on those four questions at gothamgazette.com. dot com. So find it there. A lot for everyone to vote on. So get out and vote. Be ready. We are going Uh, To have early voting through Sunday, November 6th, then there's no in-person voting on Monday, the 7th, and Election Day, of course, is Tuesday, November 8th. We are speaking here on Friday, November 4th. And the New York governor's race between Democrat Kathy Hochul, the sitting governor, and Republican Lee Zeldin, a Long Island congressman, has appeared in some polling to be fairly close. That is the highlight, of course, of a number of statewide races. And then we get into the congressional contests and the races for state legislature. Much of what happens in these races will come down to who votes and who actually turns out here in these midterm elections coming into this year. No matter what was going to be happening, Republicans had high hopes for retaking the majority in the House of Representatives, possibly retaking the majority in the U.S. Senate. That, of course, relates back to New York, where the Senate majority leader is Chuck Schumer, and he's on the ballot this year against a Republican opponent, Joe Pinion. Uh, And a, a lot of hope for Republicans coming into this election year, but nobody knew exactly what course things would take when Republicans shifted leadership here in New York several years ago after a very tough 2018 election cycle for Republicans and a new chairman came in. The first thing that Nick Langworthy said was, we want to win the governor's race in 2022. I remember it quite vividly. And that seems to be where Republicans are putting a lot of their resources. And Lee Zeldin seems to be within striking distance here, even though no Republican has won statewide in New York for 20 years since George Pataki won his third term as governor in 2002. So what's going on in the race? Well, I just recorded a podcast uh, that is available for you with Bruce Jury, who is a Democratic strategist, but more importantly, an expert on polling trends and the electorate. And we went through lots of numbers and trends and the different paths to victory for Lee Zeldin and Kathy Hochul. And what will happen if there's certain turnout in certain regions of the state and among certain demographic groups. So find that in conjunction with this episode as you are thinking about the final days of this race for governor and as the votes come in and are tallied on Tuesday night. Here now on this episode of the show, I'm very pleased to be joined by John Burnett, the executive vice chairman of the New York State Republican Party. Who's going to talk to us about the high hopes that Republicans now have as we are entering the final days of this election and some other dynamics, of course, in the races going on around the state? John, thanks for joining me. How are you?
1: Oh well, thanks. Good to be here. Anything
0: I say there in the introduction that you disagree with or you want to add on to? Did I uh did I frame what's going on okay? What do you think? Uh what, what's how are you thinking about things as we wind down here? I think Republicans had High hopes coming into this election year, of course, midterm election of a Democratic president, you know, always usually good for the other party in those elections, almost always. But, you know, once you get into the nitty gritty of things, you never know what's going to be going on. But we've got uh, certain factors definitely boosting Republicans' hopes, like the increases in crime we've seen over the last couple of years, the increases in inflation. Then you get the Supreme Court decision in the Dobbs case overturning Roe v. Wade, which seems to help Democrats. Um, but how are you feeling and what are you seeing here uh, as we get so close to Election Day?
1: I think you framed it quite well. Um, I would say the energy is extremely high, not just on the Republican side, mm. but I see an, an, an enormous wave among independents as well as Democrats. Uh, who, like you just pointed out, are not happy with the crime wave, the threat to public safety, uh, but also they desire a change in leadership. And when they look at the top two choices for governor, I think it's very clear to them who that that the status quo or the uh, progressive experiments have not worked out too well, and I think they they understand the need to change in order to place our our state that we love so dearly back on track. And then they they you know by 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 looking at Lee Zelda and they look down the ticket and the other statewide's in terms of the new york attorney general's race have piqued a a lot of people's attention again the crime wave but also you know little things like not the only statewide candidate who failed to debate uh and and the polls are close you know you've been in this game for quite a while usually democrats in new york were are reluctant to debate because if they're up by large double digits, they see no need to. But when you have internal polling, as well as uh, credible uh, external polling that shows the race uh, within the margin of of toss-up, that's when you, you owe it to voters to come out and debate. So even that race uh, is close, and I don't, I don't feel and I don't see the energy. And I'm not saying this well, from my political perspective. I'm just saying it from from what can easily be discerned or observed that I don't see the energy on the other side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a and that's a good thing. And I think, as you pointed out, Chairman Nick Lingworthy came in with a a vision to win, uh, with a, with an enormous amount of hope. However. You know, I have a business background. Hope is empty without an execution strategy to get it done. And, and with that said, Nick came in with a great execution strategy to source a, a gubernatorial candidate uh, eighteen month, at least 18 months in advance. Um, the last few election cycles... Republicans came up with a candidate that they were credible, ran great races, but their campaigns were launched the year of the election. So that extra time, that extra runway, if you will, uh, gives candidates the the fuel to <laughs> to yeah. to fundraise, friend raise, get their name out and 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 really changed the landscape in terms of contested bids for leadership so so it, it's it's the external environment but also it's the internal workings of the party that positioned that helped position the candidates uh to win
0: you know this 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 has been noted certainly in some uh coverage but I, I think you're hitting at a very key point as to part of why lee zeldin is you know seemingly within striking distance the the polls have been a bit all over the place but we can we can clearly see that there's a shot here for republican when Um, You know, the last few races, at least with uh, with Andrew Cuomo on the ballot and the Cuomo name and the huge fundraising advantages and the uh, enrollment advantages, you know, have made those races uh, pretty far apart um, within striking distance here. And that is the fact that he declared his run so early, began crisscrossing the state last year. Uh, I I really think, you know, even though he had to win a, a tough primary, he wound up winning it by. Uh, a fairly wide margin against some real, you know, real competitors. And part of that, I think, as you got out, certainly has to do with how early he got in the race and started to really campaign aggressively. And now, you know, Democrats have pointed out he's missed some votes in Congress and so forth as part of that focus on the campaign. But, but in terms of uh, being within striking distance, clearly jumping into the race early uh, has had its advantages. Um, since we, t- we mentioned Nick Langworthy, he's running for Congress right now. In uh, Erie County, uh, the 23rd congressional district, um, how much of a challenge or or maybe an advantage? I don't know. It seems like more of a challenge to me, but you'll tell me how much of a challenge or or a help has it been to have the state party chair uh, running his own election in a congressional district? Does that mean that a lot more responsibility has been falling on you and some of the other people running the state party? Uh, how, How has that worked out for you?
1: Well, before i answer that i just want to uh add a couple of other things Please. you know historically in new york uh there's been some hesitation with regard to embracing a republican primary for mm-hmm. statewide offices mm-hmm. uh specifically governor um and and i think that hesitation uh has been shattered i think Having the uh, the primary helped Lee Zeldin, and it 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 took a different turn than expectations in the past. So when you look at the candidates, except for one, um, they coalesced around the primary winner, I think, which was a big boost. Again, to have the primary but all also coalesce around the the winner. I think that was not only phenomenal, but that that helped energize the party and to show unity. Um, and you know what comes with That's the primary in terms of raising the name ID, more media coverage, and so forth. So I think I think it worked out extremely well. And against uh, past patterns, uh, and, and another thing that helped energize this race uh, is the great work that Chairman Cox, uh, the prior GOP chairman, engaged with other parties to uh, go through the redistricting and all the other lawsuits and cases. I think, I think you know that just speaks volumes that a a the the immediate past chairman working with the current chairman uh and 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 creating an apparatus and machine to position us to win so i think that dovetails perfectly into answering your current question again when nick came in he thought differently he restructured we never had an executive vice chairman, a number two, if you will, in the state, and the way he structured the regional chairs, and then uh, he, he create he restructured an organization to win. Again, it goes way beyond the desire, the hope. You have to develop. An execution strategy and an org structure to win, and that's exactly what he did. So that that org structure, just like any good corporation or uh, a highly efficient nonprofit, you have a team and you have a leader calling plays, and you have team uh, team players to execute because it is a team win. It is not, you know, just one individual, but one individual setting a vision. Uh, establishing the goals, and everyone, uh, you know, focused on those goals, leaving no stone unturned. Um, Without going into the details of his uh, congressional district, uh, but I think he was the best candidate, uh, best person to step forward, having been the former uh, county chair Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the largest county in West New York in terms of Republican votes, and I think it just made sense when you look at the uh, maps, the way they were, with, you know, redrawn, and the uh, the other candidate who was running on the Republican ticket. So I think it was great that he stepped up, uh, and he's in position to win the general election. Yeah. Um, and again, the having the apparatus that he established and he still was going upstate, downstate. Um, you know, I hope he writes a book to <laughs> let yeah. us know how he did it and and the lessons learned and establish, you know, um some some not just lessons but points on how to win uh in a blue state. I think is phenomenal. So I mentioned in the
0: introduction, I just had a, a different podcast discussion with Bruce Giori, who, you know, is is a Democrat, but uh, as far as I could tell, you know, said he was going to even in, in his opening remarks on the podcast and then did follow through by taking off sort of a partisan hat and really just doing a numbers game discussion with me. And folks can obviously judge for themselves if they listen, whether they think he did that, I think he did. But he really gave a great rundown as to, you know, historical trends Regions of the state, demographic groups, how Zeldin can win, what Hochul needs to do to win, you know, that type of stuff from all, all that aside. I'm just sort of pointing people to that conversation again if they want a very broad overview. But from your perspective here, John Burnett, executive vice chairman of the New York State Republican Party, as we're in these final days here, as polls have showed Lee Zeldin in, in striking distance of Kathy Hochul, um, What do you see as the sort of biggest question marks that could really turn this race? Um, We were just talking about Erie County a little bit, right? That's Kathy Hochul's home territory. There's some uh, strain of thought that she might overperform what some people would expect in that area of the state while Zeldin would overperform what other Republicans might do on Long Island, because that's where he's from. What do you see as sort of the tipping points of this race in terms of regions, in terms of demographics? Are there certain groups you think will really break towards one or the other candidates? How do you see the Zeldin path to victory here in terms of the way the vote will come down?
1: I think – whether you're Asian, Black, Hispanic, White, or otherwise, people are sick and tired of being sick and tired of the nonsense, both fiscally uh, in terms of the the lack of ethics, the, um, the crime wave. There are so many different things you can point to, um, but I'm glad you brought up demographics because... Um, Again, this speaks to the structure, the outreach, the inclusion. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, but there have been several events and and a a press release and announcement that um, the NYGOP created an Asian American caucus, um, a group of Asians of all different backgrounds uh, and experiences. Uh, came together, not only did they fundraise, not only did they put volunteers in the street, um, but it's a huge, huge outpouring of support um, in in the city. It, it, well, I should say New York City, as you know, we have to win at least a third of the vote in New York City to win, and, and, and the polls show that we're well ahead of that number, uh, But but also statewide and when you look at the hispanic community overwhelming support um i think not just for the for the, for the party but for the candidates i think that speaks volumes and let's not overlook the fact that i believe based upon my knowledge and you might know more than 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 i do that this is the first most diverse Ticket statewide in Republican history, mm. uh, so I think there are a lot of elements here that that shatters the, para- the 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 paradigms and the myths and 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 the propaganda that has been launched on the Demo- on the Republican Party in terms of who we are and what we represent. I think I think this is different. And I think when we win uh, on Tuesday, it changes the game plan and the roadmap going forward. Um, and, and when you have a candidate like Lee Zeldin, who, you know, when he, you know, he is still congressman, but when he was campaigning um, for uh, to be elected to Congress and for reelection, he campaigned within. His hometown, but he also went to other neighborhoods like Brentwood, uh, where where Republicans traditionally were reluctant to campaign, and he brought that same philosophy, that same heart, to his gubernatorial run. Uh, Several visits to different uh, urban neighborhoods in New York City and throughout the state, unprecedented, Um, and I think. It was important for him to do that, to show that he is going to govern for everyone, and but to also listen. We had, we had a, an event here in Harlem, one of many events in Harlem, and he gave a short opening speech, but left a tremendous amount of time for Q&A to not only hear what the concerns are, but also he picked up a couple of great ideas. That he said he will incorporate into his plan uh, pathways. So I think I think he's running an unprecedented race. Um, he showed that he's willing to go to different places uh, and speak mm-hmm. to people of all different backgrounds. And I think you know when you combine that with the diverse ticket and the new direction of the New York Republican Party, I think we're poised to not only win but we're poised to govern well, and we're poised to win again.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, as you get at it a little bit, I think the some of the polling shows, and there's some reason to believe from even other recent elections that uh, Repub- the Republican ticket, especially the gubernatorial race, where so much of the attention and the fundraising and the effort has gone, uh, that Lee Zeldin and maybe some other Republicans will do better among uh, latino and asian voters uh then, then past nominees um how do you see the the role of the new york city suburbs because obviously those can be such key swing areas there's huge huge questions about uh, again uh, the the what the numbers wind up being in new york city as you got at The pathway for Republicans typically to win statewide is to win something at least around 30 to 33 or more percent of the vote in New York City to try to not lose by too big a margin there and then to really pick up, obviously, a lot more from upstate and then try to win the suburbs as well. So uh, there's. Big questions about base turnout for the Democrats, especially. Uh, and and we've seen lots of efforts from the Hogle campaign bringing in big Democratic names to try to juice up turnout in the final days. Um, but when we get to those crucial suburbs, what does that playing field look like? It seems like Long Island, as I said, will be at least pretty strong for Lee Zeldin, but there's questions about margins. And then the northern suburbs of the city, Westchester, Rockland, those areas have been trending more democratic. You know, how do you see how do you see those two regions of the suburbs playing out here? And what's the what's the Republican uh, uh, hope?
1: So so let's put politics to the side and let's talk metrics. You know, sure. I'm a businessman. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if you look at, at, at votes as top line revenue uh, and you look at in terms of the, the the disparity between the two parties in terms of margin potential mm-hmm. and you put that into a narrative I think when you look at the red wave in Nassau County right in terms of winning uh county executive in all those different seats now past performance is no guarantee for future success right? but when you but when you look at the reasons why those individuals voted that way fiscal so public safety and the crime wave as well as education right those suburban moms that the, the reasons why they voted and put all those republicans in office in Nassau county those reasons only got you know, it got better within the county, but when they when they look at statewide, right, who is going to continue to address these issues and work with their local leaders, the answer is Lee Zeldin. And and, and we and 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 we see Suffolk Suffolk County trending the same way as Nassau County. So the the the, the number of votes. But equally as important, the, the the margin differential in terms of being more favorable for Republicans is right there on Long Island. Mm-hmm. Then when you travel uh, north of Manhattan, I've had, and of course this is a, a, a small sampling, I had several several Democrats call me. Uh, I'll just speak of one in particular, Mon- uh, in Monroe County, he said, hey, you know, I voted, me and my wife voted earlier today. He said, we're Democrats. And it's a huge turnout in, for early voting in this county. And I saw a lot of my colleagues, Democrat colleagues, and, you know, they're not going to say who they voted for publicly, but based upon the relationship, I asked them, who are you voting for? They And they quietly told me, Seldon, that's what he told me. Mm-hmm. So there is there is a si- there is a silent majority of people again using what I said earlier, sick and tired of sick of being sick and tired of this progressive experiment, and they're voting for change. So when you add Long Island, when you add you know certain counties due north of uh, of Manhattan, then. Then when you actually move to West New York, right, I'm not talking about, you know, District 23, 24, uh, and so forth. But when you look at uh, District 25, Congressional District 25, Ron Singletary, real clear politics, which is Rochester, right, real clear politics has that race as a toss-up. And not only is it is it is it in favor or, or giving a fair shot to a Republican, it's a Black Republican mm-hmm. in West New York. So when you look at all these different trends, uh, even Lawler in seventeen t- <laughs> taking on you know Maloney, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that that race is a toss-up uh, in leaning toward Lawler. When you look at Colin Smith uh in 18 so a Please. lot of those you're getting
0: at the Hudson Valley congressional races there and and I think those end some of the races on Long Island whether it's how the gubernatorial race shakes out or other statewide races congressional races there's a lot of state senate races to watch especially on Long Island and the Hudson Valley as well uh where republicans are hoping to chip away at the democrat supermajority and there's a lot of um Prognostication that says they will, uh, you you all will make a, a good dent in that by flipping a few seats back towards Republicans. Um, the issue, the, the so many of these issues that you mention are favoring your party, but then there's the Supreme Court decision on on Dobbs and overturning Roe v. Wade. Seemingly, areas like. Nassau County, Westchester, some of these suburban areas, um, that will be a major factor in how people are voting this election. How do you see the issue of abortion playing into the the outcomes here? What do you, you know, it's pretty remarkable for your gubernatorial candidate to put out an ad that says, I would not and could not change New York's abortion laws, really trying to counteract That issue, which obviously, you know, in New York and in these suburban areas uh, favors favors Democrats. So how is that going to play into the outcome here from what you are are seeing and feeling as a leader of the New York State Republican Party?
1: Well, I think I think that um, on on the topic of abortion. um, There are people. Uh, on a on a wide spectrum with with different views on both sides of the political uh, aisle, right? um however, it it is not uh, high on the list in terms of it doesn't pat, surpass crime, public safety, education, and financial matters. I think th- those issues that I just listed and named it rather. Uh, are top priorities for voters on the left and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I think while people uh, hold that issue extremely dearly, many people on the left are not prioritizing that issue above their everyday experience. So while it might drive some to the polls, I do believe. That people are going to vote those kitchen table issues, and bring that to the to, you know bring that passion and that those interests to to the polls. And is it I think,
0: is it fair to say that that's the sort of number one vulnerability issue for Republicans to pull in the margins, especially in the suburbs that you're hoping for?
1: I think I, I think again going back to because I, I look at I look at and analyze things from a political perspective as well as a business one, right? Uh, The ad that you pointed out uh, that that Zeldin ran, I think whether it's in politics or business, if your competitor is trying to use something to spark fear uh, against your product or against your platform, then I think strategically, from a business perspective, it makes sense to run ads stating the facts and truth. And and in essence, give voters a civics civics lesson. Mm -hmm. The governor does not have the power to overturn existing law. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a great strategic move. Both politically and using sound business principles and and, and get people to not uh, vote based upon fear of losing something, but vote in favor of their safety and their livelihoods.
0: Mm-hmm. Um Last couple of questions here for you in our in our remaining few minutes, Um, the other, you know, big knock uh, that the Hokel campaign has used against Lee Zeldin. And this is coming up, of course, in races around the state um, between Democrats and Republicans is. Allegiance to Donald Trump, questions around Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election, Trump's lies about the 2020 election, uh, the broader category of threats to democracy and Republicans, you know, questioning questioning all sorts of aspects of the the Democratic process and not necessarily uh, upholding those processes as as top uh, uh, top priorities over political power. there, Lee Zeldin gets asked about this a lot. Uh, New York Times editorial board spent a lot of time with him on it. That people can look at that back and forth in the transcript. He's obviously been asked about it at the debate with Hochul and, and so forth. And he, you know, has has danced around his his votes against certifying the election a bit in Congress, but also as you just got at a little bit in your answer on abortion, talked about how this is not. Top of mind for voters, as far as he's concerned, do you think though that New York Republicans have been clear enough about sort of a commitment to democratic principles, about you know denouncing some of the ways that Donald Trump and some others have been uh you know continuing to just put outlandish things out there on you know social media and other places about uh, the democratic process? Do you think New York Republicans have done enough on that issue to really? assure New York voters about a commitment to these principles.
1: Well, I guess you'd have to ask the Democrats, but but in terms of my viewpoint, um Trump is not on the ballot, folks. Lee Zeldin is on the ballot. You know, this is not 2016, this is not 2020, this is 2022. And we have Zeldin and HOCL on the ballot for governor. We have crime, public safety, education, you know, a sound business environment, decent wages. We have those things on the ballot, not Donald Trump. He doesn't even have, he didn't even get his Twitter account back yet, right? Yeah. So so I so I understand the reason why Democrats are are trying to you know invoke Trump. Into the election, but but I think it's going to fall flat because again, forward is the motion. Trump is not at the gas station, you know, when people pump their gas. In fact, if they really if they really think about it, gas was much cheaper when he was in office, right? The, you know, Trump is not there when you're paying your electricity bill or or soon to pay your home heating oil number two bill. Right. He's not at the grocery store. So, I, again, I understand strategically why the Democrats want to invoke Trump to start fear. Uh, and things yeah, that nature, yeah, but, but he's he, not but he's not on the yeah, ballot. But, but Lee, even, Lee, even se-
0: separate from Democrats invoking, you have you have, you know, Republicans like obviously Liz Cheney and and a number of other Republicans who over the course of, of a number of years, you know, have said they were leaving the party or, you know, whatever different perspectives. You know, this is not just a a Democratic sort of strategic ploy. But
1: Max, but Max, why are we what, what, why? And, 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 you know, I'm I'm loving this discussion. (laughs) So so why are we bringing up Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney left the party, right? How many Democrats and Republicans left New York Because of Democrat policies. Uh That's what voters will be concerned about because they don't want to leave, whether it's Democrats or Republicans, they don't want to leave the empire state that they love so dearly. Listen, I think you're getting at a key point
0: here, right? Which is what do voters actually wind up prioritizing? And that's part of what we're seeing these elections become all sorts of referendums on that hierarchy of of priorities and what they're looking for in leaders and how they're judging leaders background so you know fo- fully fully with you in terms of we're getting a lot of litmus tests on what you know what do voters um prioritize and as you said if if polls are showing voters prioritizing crime inflation economic issues uh at the very top um then that gives Lee Elden clearly a better shot here and so i think Absolutely. that's that's, I think that's that's some that of what we're Zeldin's-
1: seeing yeah. Zelda, I think Zelda's win is going to be going to be extremely colorful. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be it, blue, red, purple. It's
0: it has going to be. To
1: be white <laughs> That's the only way to do people, it in New York, right? And yeah. People across, you know, the, the, the color spectrum. Yeah. It's going to be a united front. It's not going to be Crips versus Bloods in terms of red versus blue. Yeah. I think people are going to vote their interest because again, they are sick and tired of being sick and tired and they want change and they want common sense back to government.
0: All right. We're going to leave it there. Uh, It's always uh, good to talk with you, John Burnett. Thank you for the time uh, giving us uh, this just a few days before election day perspective from the state Republican party on where things stand and why you're hopeful about a Lee Zeldin win and potentially other wins in the statewide ticket. Uh, Some very interesting races there that have gotten less attention. We've got rundowns at gothamgazette.com on on all the statewide races. And then of course, lots of battleground uh, races in the US House of Representatives in New York where New York could tip the national balance, uh, certainly one way or another. And then lots of interesting state legislative races in the state Senate and state assembly. Uh, New York has many, many races to watch. John Burnett is Executive Vice Chairman of the New York State Republican Party. John, thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it.
1: Great, thanks for having me.